Good snowy evening, everybody, and welcome to Sports Today with Francis and Chris. As always, rain or shine, day or night, it is Francis alongside you, joined by my good buddy, sometimes Chris. There was Champions League football yesterday with Juventus falling to Porto and Haaland just being Haaland against Sevilla. Big teams are Europa League today as well. And once again, we have a big move with Carson Wentz going to the Colts in the NFL for a bag of chips in a can of soda. As exciting of a show as ever. So we're going to kick it off to Chris to get us started. What up, C? What's up, man? Well, I, you know I'm happy. Manchester United ran rampant today, 4-0, a huge win. And then, of course, Erling Holland, just an incredible performance. Mbappe-like. So can't wait to get into it. Yeah, I saw a post that said uh, he saw Mbappe's hat trick and he was like, all right, now I got extra motivation. So clearly the next generation of football is in good hands. So we're going to start actually with what happened yesterday with Juventus because we had the GOAT facing Porto, his former best friend, uh, Pepe and the Porto colors. And uh, yeah, very surprising uh, ending to this game. A very surprising beginning as well as Porto scored literally a minute into the first half. And then Juventus like, okay, let, let's regain our balance here. And in the second half, Portos goes on and scores 19 seconds into the second half. So very great adjustment done by Pirlo's side yesterday. <laughs> of course, Cristiano Ronaldo wasn't happy with that. He was also asking for a penalty in the last second. Uh, and he was complaining to the ref. I think he got a yellow card as well. I don't think that was a yellow card, but we'll get into that. Uh, first of all, Chris, like, what, what do you, what happened here? Like, you know, Juventus was heavily favored in this game. I never took Porto for granted, but I didn't think they'd win the first game already. What were your thoughts on yesterday's game? Yeah, it's a huge chance for Juve, you know, to come out and make a statement. Of course, Barca and and Messi just just fell at home four one to PSG. So this was Ronaldo's chance to, you know have a comfortable win at Porto, but I mean, it's just a really poor performance from, from the entire team. And, and you mentioned it already, the, the goals early on in in both halves. I mean, it's just embarrassing. And, and like you said, okay, so it happens in the first half, but fix that for the second half, but no, instead they let up a goal even earlier in the second half. And that goal was just, it's way too easy. They, they, They got, in behind, Morego was free in the box, and he just finishes at home. It's it just poor all around from Juventus. But I guess in the end, um, they did they did find a goal. It was Chiesa in the 82nd minute. So that uh, is big because it, it was an away goal. So they'll they'll feel that they'll be able to come back. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at this uh, Juventus side. And it was promising. You know, Chiellini actually got subbed off in the first half, which I saw very concerning. And Demiral replaced him, which is another good center back. So they didn't really lose a lot of talent there. It really wasn't a matter of the players on the field. It was just like lack of communication and the chemistry that you usually associate with a team like Juventus, who has so many star-studded players on the field and on the bench. But ultimately, Porto just got the best of them. They, They had a good game plan, and they stuck by it. I mean, I don't think they expected, okay, we're going to score in the first minute of each half, and then we're going to just dominate possession. <laughs> but, um, you know, Juventus just 
was caught by surprise and they didn't know how to recuperate. They they had Ronaldo. You know, if Ronaldo doesn't score on you, like on the Champions League of all stages, like there's a problem there. Like they're not giving him enough chances. And like I said, he almost had that penalty. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. I don't think it was a penalty. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, back to, to what you said, too. Like, when, when Ronaldo doesn't score on you, and also, like, when, when you see him in a game tracking back to come, to come find the ball, you know that's an issue because at this stage of his career, that is not what he's about at all. He's a penalty box predator now, and everyone knows that. But with the penalty, I mean, I think after looking at it a few times, there was definitely enough contact to be called a penalty. And we talked about that Barcelona one. And for me, there was more in this one than that Barcelona one. But at the end of the day, I I can understand why the referee didn't give it. And the last minute, uh, it would have been very harsh on Porto. Yeah, you know, Ronaldo is definitely not a diver. Like, we know some guys on that Barcelona team are. But, you know, I think he he would, he saw that his team needed a goal. And he didn't dive, but he went into that tackle. This is from my perspective. But the defender had his legs out, and Ronaldo just went towards the legs and, and tripped himself. I don't think it was a penalty, but either way, it could have been given. It could have, been, it could have not been given. I would have been okay either way. Now Juventus just has this... Um, Two to one defeat on Porto's home soil, so they still have that. Next game, all they gotta do is win one zero, right? So yeah, um, you know that that's what they're gonna have to do. And you have Ronaldo on your team. You're not very gonna hard for Ronaldo not to score on you twice in the Champions League. So we're gonna have to wait and see on that. But Holland, the machine man, just went loose once again against Sevilla yesterday. Uh, a very enticing game in the 3-2 with Borussia Dortmund winning. Haaland scoring two goals and assisting one. Um, and for Sevilla side, it was Suso in the seventh minute and Luke De Jong in the 84th minute to at least, you know, make this more competitive for the second leg. Um, that second goal was crucial because now it's a one-goal deficit. But Dortmund wasn't home. Three away goals. Sevilla's going to have to win commandingly. Next game, I don't know if they can do it, but what are your thoughts on that game? Uh, Erling Holland, like you said, is just he's he's a machine and a goal scoring machine, man. He's really incredible to to watch, and he's been tearing it up since last year. And you, you think he's coming over from Salzburg to Dortmund, and and that's obviously a big move for him at a very young age, and he he, he just slow he hasn't slowed down at all, and you would expect him to a little bit, but he really has not. Um, if, if I'm not mistaken, he's the top scorer in the Champions League right now. And he was um, amongst the top scorers last season, too. So he just does not stop. And and as you mentioned, uh, then he talked about it. Uh, Mbappe did inspire him. And he just went out and scored two huge goals for Dortmund away from home. And Dortmund should have this game, in, um, should have this series in the bag, but I wouldn't count out Sevilla just yet, though. Yeah, and to your point, I'm looking at these stats. Sevilla dominated all these stats, except for the actual ones that matter, which were the goals. Sevilla's 12 shots to Borussia Dortmund's 10. Um, 66% possession. 7-11 passes for Sevilla to 
uh, Dorman's 371, and 89% pass accuracy for Sevilla to Dortmund 79%. And they had nine fouls, Dortmund 12, one yellow card, Dortmund 2. All of these stats were in favor of Sevilla. So, uh, as you said, I wouldn't count them out of this as, at all because Dortmund has also been struggling a lot heavily in the in the Bundesliga, as you would know as a, being a Dortmund fan. Um, so, I would not put it past them. Sevilla is a very good side who was never to be taken for granted. So it's leading up to a very enticing second leg. All of these games are because no game, even the PSG game, you can Mm -hmm. argue, is not even out of the realm of possibility that Barcelona can't come back. Though it's probably the hardest result out of the four. So we got to wait and see. But we have some good games next week with Chelsea and Atletico Madrid. Bayern and Lazio, we got Real Madrid, of course, facing Atalanta. And then City playing much in Gladbach. So we have very enticing Champions League football, and I just can't wait to see it. And uh, another uh, league that is very enticing is the Europa League, which got kicked off today. You can pick your game that you want to discuss. There's so many um, because, they, you know, and the Europa League, is most of the games are Thursday, but um, games that I thought were key, you know, uh, United, as you said, beating Real Sociedad 4-0. Um, Young Boys 4-3 on Leverkusen, that was pretty interesting. And, uh, man, Milan broke my heart today because they let up a tie in the last minutes with a team uh, on a red card. And, uh, you know, my Arsenal as well, tying Benfica. So, I don't know, uh, you, you're the United fan here, so... Maybe you want to attack that. Let me hear your thoughts on what you saw today. Yeah, for sure. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the United game. Um, Just teasing the audience, trying to see. But <laughs> you wanted to talk about young boys, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, no, um, no, United. Oh man, it, it's tough being a United fan right now. But at the same time, you just. <laughs> You got to like almost worship Bruno at this point, man. Bruno Fernandez, absolutely incredible since coming over from sporting uh, Ronaldo's ex-club, by the way. Uh, yeah. 4-0 versus Sociedad. And, and this is a game that people were, were talking about Sociedad winning or tying being a very close game. And United just completely ran away with this one. And it, it's funny because Sociedad started off this game and had some chances, and I'm sitting there yelling at the TV. I mean, poor mistakes by Bai, Eric Bai, that let, um, I believe it was Isak, in in on goal like two or three times. But the they weren't able to to find the back of the net, and United grew into the game, and Bruno Fernandez got two. Then it was Rashford, and then Daniel James, who has rarely featured this season, scored in the 90th minute. So a fantastic performance, and it's really good for United, who have obviously been struggling as of late in the Premier League and look like they're going to fall short to City. You know, when uh, Fred came over to United at first, I was so exciting, uh, so excited in him. But um, then I saw how many midfielders they had and with Matic and Mata, who barely play as much, and McTominay. 
I thought Fred was starting to lose his place, but that ball he gave to Rasher was so beautiful, man. The perfect through ball. So I got to give his props where it's due, man. The Brazilian magic, he's bringing them alive. McTominay is such a crucial uh, point in their uh, uh, midfield, controlling the balance. And obviously, you got Bruno Fernandes there as well. A stat that I was uh, telling you off air was that Bruno Fernandes has uh, been a part of 52 goals since joining Manchester United. That's 33 goals that he scored and 19 assists in 58 games. So, Bruno, Bruno. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, so, you know, is I think he's a tad overrated, but, you know, the stats don't uh, – the stats do not lie. That many goal contributions in 58 games is very impressive, even if a lot of them are on penalties. But, hey, you know, that's not all he does. And this United offense has definitely been rejuvenated with his entrance on into the team. Though they're still inco- as inconsistent as ever, but a exactly. 4-0 win against Real Sociedad is, you know, commanding away from home. Great victory for United, I have to say, because Real Sociedad is a good team, and they could have easily at least tied that game, like you mentioned. And um, you know, I, I I guess I'll say some points from Milan and Arsenal since those are my teams. Milan wasn't playing with uh, Slatan today, which I was confused about. I don't know if that's for injury or what, but um, he was not um, in the game. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, the team they faced, which is, uh, excuse me if I say this wrong, but Carvena, Semeda, uh, <laughs> I don't know. But that's how bad of a team they faced, and that team ended up tying them on the 93rd minute. Mm. So uh, Milan is starting to go back to that team. That they were a year ago, so I'm hoping they can turn it around again. And Arsenal. Arsenal's game was probably the most enticing game. And I don't say that just as an Arsenal fan, but Benfica versus Arsenal was very evenly matched. And it proved to be so because they tied 1-1. PZ scored on a penalty in the 55th minute for Benfica, but Bukayo Saka, the best uh, young midfielder of England, and scored two minutes after that, better than Greenwood, I have to say. And, you know, Arsenal played pretty well in this game. Even though they tied, I'm somewhat satisfied with the tie because this is a good team and because we Arsenal was away from home. Now all they got to do is, you know, control, put five defenders and three defensive midfielders next to the game. And it's just <laughs> that. We're wrapping, we're wrapping it up, yeah. Mourinho special, huh? Yeah, Mourinho special. Like, that's what he's going to do in Wolfsburg uh, <laughs> with that 4-1 to win today. You know, Gareth Bell scored a very nice goal today. Oh, yeah. He's back, man. Yeah, definitely back. <laughs> right. Back on the field for two games and then back on the bench with injury. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah, that Europa League. That's what we had for Europa League, you know. You know, some other games just to mention for our fans, you know, so they know that we're not totally biased. Uh, only Piacos 4-2 against PSV. That's a little surprising for me. Leicester ties 0-0 with Slavia Praha. Uh, oh, man. Huh? I said, oh, man, that, that's a poor result for Leicester. Yeah, but they were away from home as well, so I'm not too worried about them. Then Roma scored uh, 1-2-0 against Braga. Um, Rangers, uh, Steven Gerrard's team, four to three against Antwerp. I saw something about Steven Gerrard. Um, 
let me look it up for you. One second, one second. In the meantime, may I say another result? No. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Actually, I found it. 33 wins, 6 draws, defeat in the last 40 games for Steven Gerrard. That is incredible. But yes, please say your point if you must. Yes. Shakhtar 2-0 over Maccabi Tel Aviv from Israel. I know that because when I was in Israel, oh, I actually got... Uh, I, I, hey, man, I got to say this. He's tuning in his own horns, guys. <laughs> I have to say this, though. When I was in Israel, I actually got a team picture with them. And it was really cool. And I have their jersey. So yeah. I had to say that. And you got all the but, money, too, that you have to pay them for that? Anyway, we got to move on to the NFL. Because we have a shocking move with former Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz heading over to Indy. The Indianapolis Colts replacing Philip Rivers, who has just retired this offseason. And when I said he was traded for a bag of chips and soda, I almost meant that literally. Because um, all they got in return was a third-round pick and a future protected first-rounder, which is, for Carson Wentz, one of the top uh, three. I, I don't know for sure. I got to look that up. But he was definitely a top three pick in a draft. They already gave up on him. You know, Nick Foles won their, that Super Bowl against the Patriots, and seems like it's over for uh, uh, Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. What do you make of this move? Yeah, I mean, after what happened last season, Wentz just had to go. I mean, they, they replaced him with Jalen Hurts. Obviously, Hurts became the undisputed starter, and uh, towards the end of the season, Wentz had requested – uh, to get traded. So I, I think we can all agree that, yeah, he needed to be traded. But <laughs> like you said, I mean, for it's a bag of chips, like for real, yeah, uh, a third, yeah, I mean, a third round pick, man. Yeah. And, and a future protected pick for Carson Wentz, who, uh, who, who is, could be an, uh, an MVP type player. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, just I to really... be exact here, uh, the trade was for a 2021 third-round draft pick and a conditional 2022 second-round pick that could turn into a first-rounder. But, yeah, I, I just, like I said, I, I can see why the Eagles traded him. It's just who they got in return for him. And it, it's just a questionable decision, just kind of kind of like uh, how the Texans just, uh, release JJ Watt just like that. So, uh, I don't know. What do you? Yeah, think? that's what I was gonna mention as well. Like, at least they didn't go that route. But you know, even I think JJ Watt was even more valuable than Carson Wentz at this point in his career. Yeah. But even then, Indianapolis, this is a steal. Um, I think they're still a threat in the league because uh the fall off from Philip Rivers to Carson Wentz, if Carson Wentz is healthy and playing at the level he should be playing at, is not great. So, you know, there's still a possibility there for Indiana to make the playoffs. Uh, quickly, what do you think? Do you think they make the playoffs next year, yes or no? I think so, yeah. Based off of what they did last year, and Phillip Rivers was, was not necessarily, like, a fantastic year either. I mean, the, it, for me, it's really about that Colts defense. So Yeah, okay. Uh, I agree with that. And the Eagles, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs next year because they didn't this year. And 
It seems that G Men. Jalen Hurts. I gotta see. I gotta see a full season before I believe in him. But you know that still remains to be seen. But wow, twenty minutes down the drain already. So G Men. G Men. Go blue. Blue. (laughs) Not the Indianapolis Colts. Anyway, that's the show we have for you today, (laughs) guys. As always, it's been a pleasure from Chris and myself. Thank you as always for tuning in, and until next time.